Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a wait list for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Hey, Unbroken Nation. I'm very excited about today's episode as we dive into overcoming imposter syndrome and shame with my great friend, Vince Warnock. Uh, this conversation hits home for me in a lot of different ways, and I think it will for you as well. You know, I, we all face shame and guilt and self-criticism and judgment and this idea of imposter syndrome where we don't feel like we're enough and undeserving of wealth, status, love, happiness, contentment, whatever that thing may be. And Vince shares some really incredible insights, not only from his journey of, you know, stealing food when he was a child to building multi-million dollar businesses, but facing the shame and the guilt and the imposter syndrome along the way and the power of stepping into what he's decided to be in his life while still combating this idea of maybe do I or do I not deserve it. And it's such a, a profound conversation because I see so many parallels in so many of our journeys when it comes to facing shame and facing this idea that we're not enough. And so 
if you feel like you're not enough, if you feel like there's shame, if you feel like there's imposter syndrome in your life, in your experience right now, I really want you to listen to this episode and honor yourself with some vulnerability and honesty that maybe you do deserve to have the life that you want to have. I'm very excited about this one, my friends. So Unbroken Nation, without any further ado, Vince Warnock. What's up, Unbroken Nation? Hello, my friends. I'm Michael Unbroken, host of the Think Unbroken podcast and founder of thinkunbroken.com. And I'm honored to be your trauma coach and mentor because I believe that everyone is capable of getting unstuck, cultivating self-love, and becoming the hero of their own story. I believe that when implemented correctly, the practical tools and education you will receive from this show will help you lead an unbroken and extraordinary life. I believe that no matter what we come from, that we all have the ability to choose ourselves first, to create and manifest a powerful and grace-filled future, and love the reflection in the mirror. I believe that every day is a day to grow, learn, heal, and change. That's why I started my company, thinkunbroken.com, which is an online training and healing and personal growth platform where you get everything that I know about how to get motivated, be accountable, get out of the vortex, and become the hero of your own story through community, connection, and commitment. For more information, visit thinkunbroken.com. Please listen closely as you may learn just one thing that will help you be unbroken. And please share this episode with at least three of your friends because we all need community and connection in our healing journey. And be sure to DM me and tag me on Instagram at michaelunbroken so that I can say hi. I just want to thank you again for being a part of this, for listening and being a member of the Unbroken Nation. Now, let's get into today's show and make the world unbroken. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. Super excited to be back with another episode with my friend Vince Warnock, who is a award-winning business and marketing strategist, coach, author, and host of the Chasing the Insights podcast. Vince, my man, what is going on? How are you today? Michael, I am so much better now that I'm here with you. I just get to hang out. I know we're doing a podcast, but hey, man, God, it's just you and me hanging out. That's good fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm super excited to be here with you today. So for for background, because you and I happen to know each other, and I thought to myself, man, I got to have Vince come on. He's got an amazing story, an amazing journey, uh, this amazing thing that he's trying to build with with the podcast. But for context, can you tell the listeners a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today? Oh, man, yeah. Uh, well, once upon a time in a galaxy far, no. Um, so my, my background is pretty interesting. Um, I came from, um, I know similar to probably a lot of your audience as well, came from a broken family. So as in a, an abusive household, um, I lived with abuse through most of my childhood. Uh, we grew up in poverty. We, we literally, man, my, my parents used to send me down to the shops to steal the food from the back. So we actually had food on the table for our kids. Um, so through all of that, never thought I had any chance of success. Like success was a weird foreign kind of concept, you know. Um, I had no role models in my life. I had no no examples of how I could break through all of this. In fact, we were taught 
We literally were taught that anybody who had wealth, anybody who had success, that was them and we are us. We are not worthy of that, as in they they don't deserve it. We should have it, but we're not worthy of it, so therefore we don't get it. It's just such a weird mentality to grow up in. Um, so so grew up in that environment and started uh, then becoming an entrepreneur at age 11. Um, I decided I needed to escape this. I needed control. I needed something I could hang on to. So I learned how to make money and I learned how to start a business. And that then started my whole trajectory. Uh, I ended up studying electronics and computer engineering and software engineering. Um, got really bored of that really quickly, kind of transitioned into working on radio, working in many different industries, and then became a marketer. And that started this whole transition through my career of going in and out of both entrepreneurship and corporate life. Uh, until I found myself selling my largest company ever, which was Common Ledger. There was a big eight-figure exit, which was very exciting. After three and a half years, it was very, very exciting. Um, and then joining the team at Cigna Insurance as the chief marketing officer. And did that for about five years until, and this is the crazy part, man, did that for five years. And, you know, I talk about success and not believing in yourself and blah, blah, blah. I'm sitting there on paper. Everything's absolutely crushing it. I'm sitting there in my really awesome office, and I'm looking at this going, man, the results I'm getting here are phenomenal. Like I've doubled the revenue of this place. You know, we've we've grown and grown since the time I've been there. We were the seventh largest insurance provider, and now we're in second place. And online sales, the thing that everyone said you can't do. You can't do online sales when it comes to insurance. I'm like, ha, amateurs, hold my beer. Let's do this. We took it from less than 2% to around 48% of our overall revenue. So on paper, it's all looking amazing. Published my first book while I was there. I'm like, wow, this is pretty sweet. Got a heap of awards. Even got recognized by Adobe as one of the top 50 marketers in the world. And realized I was completely, utterly miserable. Um, I was really unfulfilled. I wasn't enjoying life. I was, certainly wasn't enjoying my job. And realized I needed a change. So that all came now about December, November, December 2019. Made the decision over that Christmas break that that's it. I'm out of there. Talked to the CEO. She thought I was nuts. Literally said to me, do you know how much we pay you, man? I'm like, yeah, but that's not about the money. She goes, I, I don't understand. I'm like, mm, that might be why I'm moving on. Um, so left there. And the whole goal, Michael, was to leave there to become an author. I wanted to write my next book and I was going to write full time and that was going to be it. Um, that changed after about a week when I got insanely bored. Uh, one, writing one book turned into two books. Now I've got, I think I've got four books being published this year, another three next year. And then launched the podcast, of course. And the whole world then turned upside down because of COVID. And a lot of the businesses that I was interviewing for my book, I'm writing a, writing a book on imposter syndrome. A lot of the uh, the people I was interviewing for that all said the same thing, which was, like, hey, Vince, we'd love to help you. But right now, we're kind of freaking out. We've got no revenue coming in the door. We've got uh, all the same overheads. We're, we're just, we're beaten. We're, we're trodden down. We just don't even think we're going to exist in two months' time. So that started the next transition of my career, which, as you mentioned, was being a marketing strategist and a marketing coach. Uh, and that really came about just from not being able to stand by and let that happen. Uh, I remember looking at my wife and she goes, you, you, you're going to have to help, aren't you? And I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she goes, you're going to have to get in there and help me. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I jumped in and said, look, let me come alongside you. Let me see what you, I can do. And discovered very quickly that uh, all of them said yes, but we had no casualties. Every single one of them managed to turn around into profitable during a lockdown. In fact, three of them doubled their revenue. And we even had one triple their revenue through that. So that started the, the most fulfilling thing I think I've ever done, which is what I do now, which is getting alongside entrepreneurs, business owners, empowering them, giving them confidence and helping them to find that success that I never thought I could have when I was a kid. 
Wow, that's that's quite the story, man. And and I I took some notes while while you were speaking and just thinking about so many different parallels that I've had in my life and yours. Yeah. You know, growing up very young, stealing food to survive, being entrepreneurial. Um, you know, and just looking at life and and even though there was always this measurement of like I can do better, it took me a long time to wrap my head around the idea that I was like allowed to have success. Yeah. And and I wrote a note here that I want you to go into. You said I, I grew up with this mindset in this family of not being worthy of success, of looking at the other people and going, that's those guys, this is us, we're never going to be able to transition into that. You know, and I, I think so many people suffer with that. And I, I call that money trauma, right? Yeah. You know, I, I look yes. at call it, a, you know, abundance trauma, wealth trauma, because the reality is, you know, I grew up, I was homeless, I stole food to survive. And look, I'm not a billionaire. I don't know that I will ever be, but I, I live life through this abundance mindset where I go, yes, I deserve to have this. Yeah. What was it for you at such a young age that drove you to say, I'm going to go figure this out because I don't like what's happening right now? Yeah, I, th I think, well, I, I actually, there was one very clear reason, which was um, somebody speaking into my life. Um, and I think that happens to a lot of us. But there was a there was this growing frustration in me and this growing I, I was getting to the point where I'm a child and I wanted to snap as in I was sick of being afraid. I was sick of living in fear, which I lived in all of the time at home. Um, school was my happy place. So that was where I kind of escaped to and things like that. But I never wanted to go home. It was like, this is not where I want to be. So there was part of me that was just boiling on the inside of this and just going, it's something needs to shift and change. Um, and then I remember when I got to age 11, so we have the way the schooling system here works in New Zealand, we have what we call primary school. So that's age five to 10. Then we go off to intermediate, which is for two years, that's age 11 and 12. And it's, uh, it's a transitional school before we go to what we call college, everybody else seems to call high school. Um, but at, at age 11, I find myself in this intermediate school. And uh, I was a bit of a cheeky kid. I was very, very bright, and I lived in a very low decile, so a very impoverished kind of area of New Zealand. And I remember the teacher was getting us to do, uh, there's a couple of things. He, he said to me one day, he said, oh, look, we're going to do these um, projects. Each of you has to do a presentation on it. And I was doing one on sharks or something. And I said, to him, well, why are, we, why are we worrying about presentations? When are we going to get the opportunity to do a presentation? And he goes, okay, well, how about now? He said, come up the front, Vince. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> so I go out the front and you go, okay, class, Vince is going to do a presentation right now for five minutes. What topic is he going to do it on? Now, 11-year-olds are inherently creative, I kid. Um, so all they could come up with was an egg. And they thought that was hilarious. So he said, you've got five minutes to speak on an egg. He gave me 20 seconds to prepare. And he said, right, your time starts now. Now, at the moment he said the time starts now, the only thought in my head was literally – when someone said egg, all I could think of was that that old stupid thing of what came first, the chicken or the egg. So that's what came out of my mouth. He goes, go. And I said, okay, what came first, the chicken or the egg? And then I don't even remember the rest. It's like my brain went into a different kind of mode. And I just started talking and people were laughing and I was taking them on this journey for five minutes. And then he goes, right, you've got 20 seconds left, Vince. And everyone was completely engaged. It was like, honestly, it was like a drug. I'm just sitting there going, these people are just leaning into what I'm saying here. So then I just got to the last 20 seconds and managed to wrap it all up and and said, and obviously the chicken came first. And they all the as the crowd goes wild, but the class just went nuts. And I remember turning around to the teacher and it was like this buzzy feeling on the inside, man. But I turned around to him and he goes, Vince, that was actually fantastic. He said, seriously, man, you've got a gift. Do you realize you could do something really significant with this? And those words were so foreign to my brain was so bizarre to hear out of his mouth. That's like something from a movie 
That's like something I would have seen on TV. It's definitely not something I would have seen in my own life. And I had this weird feeling on the inside, and I couldn't remember what it was. I couldn't think of what it was. But it was the sense of somebody believing in me. And that itself was one of the most pivotal points in my life. Because two things happened there. One, I started to actually think that I could do something significant with my life. It actually shifted my thinking there because someone has spoken it into me. But the second thing I realized is that feeling that I had, that intense feeling of someone believing me, that's what I wanted for other people as well. I want everybody to have that same opportunity to be able to, to know that they are actually worthy, that they know that they actually deserve happiness, they deserve success. So that's why it's kind of all automatically transitioned to where I am now, because what I do now is literally helping people with that, you know? Yeah, that's that's powerful. And, you know, I think I, I feel so reminiscent of a moment that I had very similar to this. Um, you know, teachers play an important role in our lives. Uh, yeah. and, and I think... As much as they can make our lives better, they can also make our lives worse because sometimes it's it's that single thing in passing. Well, you know, 99 out of 100 kids would have had that experience and it would have done nothing for them. Right. Yeah. Or worse, it might have belittled them or made them, you know, the teacher could have reacted in a number of ways. And on the other side, you got the one where you're like, wow, this is an amazing experience where Vince is impacted in a way that it changes the trajectory of his life. You know, I was 18 years old and I, I didn't graduate high school on time. You're, you know, your college. And so the teacher goes, yeah, Mr. Mr. Bush, I'll never forget him until the day I die. I walk yeah. up to his classroom. I knew that he had failed me. I knew I'd had to go to summer school. I wasn't going to graduate with my friends. Um, you know, I was literally the laughing stock of the school. And he he comes, I go up to him and I say, Mr. Bush, I can't believe you failed me. And he goes, I didn't fail you. You did this. And he said, Ooh. on the first day of school, I told you the only thing you had to do was check in with me. Make sure that you check in with me and do homework. That was it. Because I wasn't going to his class. It was seven in the morning. I was out selling drugs at night not happening. Yeah. And, you know, he's a teacher. He'd send everything for years. So he's not surprised by this. And he goes, check in with me and do homework. I did that zero times, Vince. And at the end of the semester, he said the most important thing anyone has ever said to me in my life. Yeah. He goes, the thing about life is you are going to have to work for everything that you want. If you want something, you're not going to get by on your charms and your good looks. You're going to have to work. And that changed everything for me. You know, I, I think about that often because, you know, there are the ups and downs of this journey, like whether you're measuring success against money or happiness or whatever it is in your life. And we often get in our own way, right? Yeah. We get in this place in our life where we're looking at it and we're like, yes, people are speaking into us. And yes, we feel inspired. Yes, we feel motivated, all of those things. But there's still that moment where that fear or what some people call imposter syndrome, where yeah. you're like looking at your life and you're going, money doesn't equal happiness, but I keep coming here every single day until yeah. the moment where, for lack of a better term, you you just break and you go, I'm done. What I'm always trying to figure out is, is, is it possible to mitigate the risk of that happening? Right. How do you give someone the tools to create this massive change, to have courage in their life despite fear and make that decision sooner? Yeah, that's a tough question, man. I think I think part of it is is helping them to understand their journey, understand what they've been through. And this this was a big other pivotal moment for me was um, I remember despite having that moment with that teacher. Uh, Mr. Few, his name was, honestly, really inspiring teacher. The other thing he did for me, by the way, slight tangent, but he, um, we were talking about maths one day and, and we were like 
you don't use maths in the real world. You know, we were kids. That was we found that really funny. You don't use maths in the real world. And he goes, "Well, I tell you when you are going to need it." And we're like, "What?" And he goes, "In four years' time, when you do your what we call school C maths." He said, when you do your school C maths, you are going to need to learn that. Otherwise, you're going to be humiliated. And he goes, and I said, oh, we'll, we'll be fine or something. Some cheeky comment. And he goes, okay, then here's what we're going to do. Over the next three weeks, I'm going to teach you uh, calculus, simultaneous equations, and basic algebra, the three components of the major maths exam. He goes, and then you're going to sit a mock exam. And he had like old copies of previous exams. Um, and it backfired on him big time because we did this. The whole class were really annoyed with me, by the way, because um, <laughs> it was my cheeky comment that got us there. But uh, at the end of, uh, we set that exam, right? It was a three-hour exam. We set the exam. And at the end of it, it backfired because two of us actually passed. In fact, one of them in the class, he got, because you had to get a 50% pass rate, he got something like 60-something. And I got up around the almost 90% mark. And that's when the teacher went, oh, okay, well, obviously learning normal maths isn't going to work for you guys. So he pulled us aside every time we learned maths and he would teach us advanced maths. And therefore, when we got to college or our high, uh, high school, our college, um, I didn't even really need to turn up to maths. I could pass that exam in my sleep. And the lowest mark I got from uh, any of my high school ones was around 98% for maths. So I'm like, ah, this is a piece of cake. Um, but so even despite all of that, I still couldn't really break through properly. And what I mean by that is I had tried to launch a couple of businesses early on in my career. Uh, I was still really, really young back when, back when I was young. Um, and and they kept hitting the ceiling. Something went wrong. Something I did screwed up. Something just didn't quite click. And I ended up having to shut those companies down. And I was having a pity party with a, a friend of mine. And I was just, I was moaning about the fact that it's not fear. It's not fear that, um, you know, I had to grow up in the family that I did. It's not fear that I didn't have the opportunities that other people did. How come I didn't have anyone that could teach me you know, basic finances or could teach me, um, you know, how to how to build a business or any of those kind of things? You know, why did I ha didn't not have those role models when I was a kid? And I think I was annoying him because honestly, I was having such a pity party. And he turned around to me and he goes, "You do realize something, Vince?" I said, "What?" And he goes, "Everything you've gone through, right? The good, the bad, the ugly. Every single part of that actually counts for something." Did you know that recent studies show that CBD has incredible benefits for helping with physical pain? I have and suffer from chronic pain, I've mentioned it before, and with NW Recovery's Lavender Eucalyptus Salve, I have that pain dissipate like nothing else I've ever tried. I love NW Recovery not only because their products are non-psychoactive, which is really important to me, but also because they are created by Navy SEALs. So. Thank you so much for your service. If you're interested and you want to learn more about NW Recovery's CBD balm of lavender eucalyptus, then check out nw-recovery.com and use the keyword unbroken to save 20% on your first order. Again, that's nw-recovery.com and use the keyword unbroken to save 20% on your order. And this was something that baffled my brain. I was like, huh, what do you mean? He goes, well, he said, I wouldn't wish the bad stuff that happened to you on anybody, right? And neither would you. I wouldn't wish any of that. I wouldn't wish your upbringing on anybody, anything like that. And he said, but I tell you what, it's made you into who you are now. And I happen to think you're pretty awesome. And that was a moment where I realized that we can either be held down by a lot of that. We can actually kind of look at that like I was in a victim mentality. Or I can break through that and go, you know what? That has made me into who I am now. And who is that person? I had to learn to define myself. 
I had to learn that, that the things that I've been through helped me to be empathetic towards other people. It helped me like when I deal with anybody who's dealing, who's been through abuse, I can empathize with them because I've been through that myself, but I also know how to break through that. So this shifted my mentality. And I think because there's no, there's no magic bullet, I think, for anybody. You can give them all the tools, like you said. You can give them all the tools, the methodologies. I can teach any entrepreneur how to make money. It doesn't mean they're going to make money. They have to show up for that. But to do that, I think they have to understand who they are. And that comes from the journey that they've been through. So I think if we articulate that, if we help them to, to own that story, to own their past, to own who they are now, more importantly, then I think that's going to help them to break through a lot of this stuff and actually turn up as themselves. Yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I think so much of this and, and look, Vince, I, I think we both can agree it's difficult, right? You oh, know, yeah, people yeah. I, I often get this. People look at me and they go, well, you're you're somehow special. You somehow figured it out. And I go, well, Vince did, too. And I don't think Vince is any more special than I am. <laughs> I, I don't think he knows anything more than I know. I think that it's yeah. a situation where you know, when, when you play the victim, which I did for a very long time. So I always yeah. raise my hand to this. Yeah. And then you look at it from this space of accountability and you say, well, actually the reality is I'm, I'm not culpable for those things. It's yeah. not my fault. I was abused. I was homeless. I had parents who didn't do what they needed to do a community who didn't support me. That's not your fault. Like, I think yeah. we both can agree on that, but yeah. there becomes a point in your life where you have to measure your behaviors and your inadequacies and the things that you're not doing to take care of yourself and recognize that it is on you. Yeah. And I think that's such a difficult thing for people to palate. And look, I, that was my experience too. That's how I found myself at 25 years old, 350 pounds, drinking myself to sleep. You know, everybody knows yeah. the story. And then you have this moment where you say, I am going to take responsibility for my life. And it's difficult. And it's this incredibly hard journey because we sit here and we always are in this place of measurement. And what I mean yeah. by that, we're always looking at other people. Why can't I have this? Why can't I have that? And I just think about this, like you can you can. So Vince, what I'm curious about, how do we help people understand that they're capable of having that? And people will use the word abundance. You can define that however you are. I just think about making your life different. How can we help yeah. people understand that? I, I think one of the things we need to do, Mike, was, is we, first we need to address this whole thing you just talked about, which is, because I do this as well, it's that comparison analysis stuff where we go, oh, I'm, I want to be like that person, or I'm not like that person, or I'm not like this person and things. Um, but what we discovered, like one of the funny things I found out is, uh, and this is crazy news to a lot of people, uh, we're all actually pretty similar. Like you said, it's, we're not any more special than each other. We're just individual. And what I mean by that is often the people that we put on those pedestals that we want to be like, or the people that we're comparing ourselves to, they're not even there, right? This is our interpretation of where they're at. And I found this out firsthand when, um, so I got the, the ultimate honor of being recognized as one of the top 50 marketers in the world. And that was, for somebody who suffers from imposter syndrome a lot, by the way, that was a little hard to swallow. I'm sitting there going, literally, you want a list? I can give you a list of 100 people that are better than I am at this. Come on, people, think about what you've done here. Or I thought when I got over, I was, went over to San Francisco and they were announcing that the 25 keynotes at this conference, they were the top, uh, the, basically the first cohort of the um, Fearless 50, which is the top 50 marketers. And I'm looking going, this is insane. Obviously, they've got the wrong Vince Warnock and they're going to click and I'm going to get up on stage and it's like, oh, it turns out there's two of you the same name. Duh, oh, moron. Um, so I went through all of this. But one of the things I discovered was um, I'm there at this conference being recognized with all of the people I look up to in the industry. 
And these are the people that I idolize, the people I consume every book that they write. I consume every every talk they put out there. Uh, for starters, I was going to hear them face to face, which in itself was like, whoa, this is going to be amazing. But then you're at this thing. They all want to go out to dinner afterwards and they want to go out drinking. I learned two things there, by the way. Uh, number one, Americans are lightweights when it comes to drinking. I'm sorry, but I'm a Kiwi. Uh, when we go to a whiskey bar and, and you guys are sitting on the floor going, oh, oh, and I'm like, guys, I'm not even slightly buzzed. But anyway, um, so I learned that. But I also learned that when people start to open up, they start to show you aspects of their lives. And you realize these people that I put on these pedestals that I want to be like, that have these ideal lives, these ideal journeys, these ideal uh, careers, are actually as much of a hot mess as I am. And I remember talking with one of my big idols. I won't name him. I don't want to embarrass him. But I remember talking to one of my big idols. And, and I was just buzzing that I was even in the same room as this person. And he's chatting away. And then he goes, oh, and he's getting further and further drunk. But he goes, Vince, you don't understand, man. It's so tough out there. He said, oh, I'm pretty sure my girlfriend's going to leave me. I went, what? And he goes, yeah, man, her spending's out of control. And just I know she's not happy. And I just don't feel like I don't feel worthy, man. Seriously, she's going to walk. And he goes, and the worst part is all the spending has meant that I'm, I'm struggling financially. And I'm going, hold on, A, why, why are you telling me all this? And B, like this, like I, I looked at this person as though they had the perfect life. I looked at this person and I used them as a benchmark. I said, okay, if I'm not where they are, then that gap between me and them is my failure. That's the, the gap of what I haven't achieved. Instead, I started to realize, actually, that gap wasn't the gap at all. They were all over the place as much as I was. We're all individuals. We're all flawed. We're all failed. We're all just human beings trying to get by. Now, that level up, understanding that, understanding that we're all in the level playing field will help you to understand that you deserve as much as anybody else. You've got as much right to success and love and happiness, all those things, as any other individual on this planet. So I think that, for me, is one of the things we do need to address is this comparison. So stop comparing ourselves to other people because they're not even there. That's our interpretation of where they're at. Instead, look at where you've come from. Look at how far you've come in life. Look at the lessons you've learned along the way, so the things that you've done, the failures that you've made, the scar tissue that you've got from it. Look at the successes you've had. Look at all these different things and measure where you are now based on where you were before, not where you're perceiving you should be. Yeah, I, I subscribe to that in such an intense way because I, I'm a firm believer that the narrative of life is much like literature and that it's a you versus you narrative. Yeah. And, and and when you when you look at life from the scope of comparison or jealousy, it leaves a lot of room for misinterpretation. Because yeah. the reality is, you know, and it's so funny because I'm, I'm lucky enough to have really incredible mentors in my life, people who would go, how did you get in connection with that person? And when yeah. you're in connection with that person, what you recognize is like they have mentors too. Yes, right? definitely. Everyone yeah. is in this journey. They're they're looking at the person one step ahead of them so they can go and create the life that they want to have. And I, I think about that every single day. And for me, it yeah. started with this idea of, okay, where do you begin? What is step one? What does it actually take? You know, and I measure this idea of my life and what I want to build and what I create against the goals that I put in place. And I just go, okay, what do I have to do to get there? How do you get there? I think one of the hardest parts about this, Vince, is that people are terrified to write down their goals because it's often preceded by, I'm not good enough. I don't deserve it. Who am I to have this thing? Yeah. Talk to me about how you navigate that. 
Okay. Well, one of the first things, well, one of the things I did, uh, which was a funny thing, because I've suffered, we, we call this imposter syndrome. You know, obviously this, it's a sense that you don't belong at that table, the sense that you don't deserve the success that other people have, uh, or the sense that you're going to get found out. Everyone's going to know you have no idea what you're doing. By the way, I would argue that none of us know what we're doing. Honestly, we're making this journey up as we go along. That's absolutely a-okay. That's not a problem. But there was a couple of kind of pivotal moments for me. Um, I remember one of them was I was looking at other people's successes. And I started looking at these entrepreneurs that I looked up to. I was looking at these people that were making, you know, mega coin off what they're doing. And I started to realize there was actually no pattern in amongst these people. You had Harvard graduates there who'd grown up in wealth and grown up and surrounded by people that could, you know, help them and mentor them and people that gave them good role models for all this. And they were, you know, star pupils going through. And I was like, okay, well, they were obviously always going to succeed. And then you had the high school dropout. You got your people like Russell Brunson who failed at doing a marketing school, you know, failed at doing all these different things and yet was crushing it. And I'm like, the only consistent thing here is they believe in themselves. They've actually realized that they've got as much right to this success as all of us. Because if you look at it, the, the one thing that holds us back isn't other people, it's ourselves. It's our own thinking. Um, there's a conversation, um, I share this a bit with a, a peer of mine, a friend of mine, and she was somebody who consistently turned up online. And what I mean is, yeah, Facebook lives multiple times a week, um, constantly putting content out there, engaging with different people, um, just a very vibrant kind of hyper-personal type person. And I was like, right, this is cool. And, and she's a good friend of mine. And I thought, I knew she was going through a launch, so I thought I'd reach out to her and see how things are going. And I had a look and realized she hasn't actually turned up on social for a couple of weeks. She must be on holiday. So I thought, well, oh, yeah. And then I was like, oh, no, hang on. She's in the middle of a launch. That can't be a holiday. So I'm getting confused. So I just sent her a message and said, hey, just checking in. How are you doing? How are you getting on? And she came back with two words, I'm okay. Now, I'm okay from a person like that means uh, a whole pile of other things. It means I am definitely not okay, Vince. I'm really struggling right now. I'm spiraling. There's a whole pile going on. I just don't know how I'm going to cope, blah, blah, blah. So I thought, right, that's it. I need to reach out to her properly. So I said, let's jump on a Zoom call. And she goes, no, 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 I, uh, I can't jump on a Zoom call now. Haven't done my hair and makeup. And I went, well, neither have I. So you're okay. And we laughed. And finally, I got her onto a Zoom call and she just burst into tears. And I was like, Vince, I'm really struggling. I'm spiraling right now. And the reason is, the reason that happened, funny enough, was from success. So she was going through a launch phase. Forbes had reached out and said, hey, we want to do this profile on you. You know, as an entrepreneur, that's a pretty big deal. So they said, what we want you to do is we want you to fill out all this content. So they sent her these things that she had to write. At the same time, she had a large corporate come to her and go, hey, I know you're doing your coaching work and things like that, but I really need you to do some consultation work for us. We're going to pay you bucket loads of money, essentially. So can you put a proposal together for us? So she had these two things that she had to do, a proposal and a uh, writing up the thing for Forbes. And immediately didn't feel worthy of that. Just started to feel overwhelmed at the, this you know, potential success right in front of her. So procrastinated. And then a week went by and she hadn't started either of those. Two weeks went by, same again. Three weeks went by, same again. To the point where it actually got really embarrassing and then shame kicked in. And then she didn't feel like she was like comparing herself to like other people would do this easily. Why can't I do this easily? I'm such a failure. I'm such a loser. And while she was describing this to me, this was very raw and very open for her. And she was talking about this pain that she had. And I just turned around and went, oh, my goodness, same here. She went, well, I said, oh, yeah, this was me last Tuesday. And I started talking about the fact that I, I do this as well. I said, uh, funny enough, it was a large corporate who reached out to me and said, look, we need your expertise. And the weirdest thing is it was about lead generation for an insurance brokerage. I'm going, I could do this in my sleep. Like, this is easy. And they said, yeah, yeah, we just need you for a weekend. We just basically need you to, to put some effort into putting a strategy together for us. And I'm like, yep, yep, sure. Not a problem. They said, great, put a proposal together. Huh, okay. 
And then I got in my own head and I thought if I put the proposal together, then it's not going to be as good as the agencies they normally deal with because I'm not an agency. And what if, what if it's not what they expected? And what if they reject me? What if they think, oh, man, we wanted it, but actually this guy's an idiot. What if, you know, all these thoughts. And it just caused me to procrastinate and procrastinate and to the point where I didn't take any action. Um, so I told her that and I said, I had to front up to that. And I told her what I did. I actually reached out to them. I thought I, I woke up one morning and thought I need to change this pattern. I need to disrupt this pattern immediately. So I thought I reached out to them and said, look, I just want to be open and honest with you. I'm really struggling putting this proposal together. It's not because I don't understand this. I could do this literally in my sleep. You guys know I'm the expert in this. I said, but the problem I've got is I started getting into my own head and I was really open with them. I said, I started getting in my own head about, you know, what you're expecting for the proposal. And that started to make me a bit overwhelmed. And I just, I procrastinated to the point where it's just embarrassing. So I totally understand if you don't want to deal with me, but if you do, let's crush this. And they said, actually, we really need your help. Get into the office now. We got in there. We just wrote it up on a whiteboard. Done. No proposal necessary. That's what we need to deliver. Did that and got paid heaps of money for it. But I told her this story and in sharing that story with her and being open with her about that and her being open with me, we realized we all go through the same kind of stuff. Like seriously, we are, we're, the, we're the best at getting in our own way. And a lot of that comes from that insecurity and that fear or that, that um, you know, like the imposter syndrome aspect of it. So having somebody else to talk to is incredibly important, but being emotionally honest about that is going to help you to deal with it. So, so we started saying, hey, we need to talk about this a lot more with other people. So we did. We even did a, a Facebook Live in an entrepreneurs group. And the two of us just joking around, talking about what we've been through and put ourselves out there very vulnerably, man, like very vulnerably. Like people could easily judge you for that kind of thing and say, well, you can't, you, you procrastinate on putting together a proposal. What the hell is wrong with you? You call yourselves amazing entrepreneurs. Like people do this all the time. But actually the response from people was, oh, so good to know I'm not alone. So good to know I go through that as well. And as you guys, you know, so I think that's one of the keys is actually being emotionally honest without it. Um, actually getting out of our own way, essentially. And having someone, you, you mentioned it before, having someone to hold you to account is one of the most important parts of, uh, of all of it. It's one of the things, like you said, every successful entrepreneur, and I mean every, I'll be very surprised if there was a single successful entrepreneur that didn't have some form of mentor or coach or someone speaking into their life. And the reason for that is because they've realized the truth that we need to realize, and that is you can't do this alone. You can't do entrepreneurship alone. You can't do life alone. We are not designed to be alone. You need people that can prop you up when they need to, people that can lift you up when you fall down, people that can stand by your side, celebrate your successes with you. So you need to make sure you've got people speaking into you. Yeah. And, and I think also, Vince, you need people to push you. Like oh, the, yeah. the, the, the truth of it, you know, and I, I think about this often, but, you know, there there is a space in this conversation around mental health, around personal development, around growth, around everything where, you know, you got to get pushed a little bit. Like yep. if you really want to, cause you have to get so uncomfortable. This is where I think people fail to understand one of the greatest benefits of having a coach. It's so that you get so incredibly uncomfortable that you're forced to grow because yep. you want the thing so badly on the other side of the action. Right. And I, and I, and it's difficult, right? Because on every, on the other side of every single risk that you take is fear. And that fear only goes away. Like it keeps you awake at night, right? You're like, man, you got to pull the fucking bandaid off. Like yeah. you just have to, you have to put yourself in a position to be successful in your life by being willing to see what's on the other side of that fear, leave the job, leave the relationship, start the business, travel the world, do the thing that keeps you awake at night. And in that having some support, having someone around you, not a cheerleader, 
but someone yep. to be empathetic with you, someone to be compassionate with you, but simultaneously say, yo, get your shit together. Like that is so game changing, right? Yeah, I, I don't think getting like rah rod helps that much, right? I don't yeah. think someone like you got this really gets it done. <laughs> but I do think someone saying, I understand where you are. I have been there. Let's go make it happen is the yeah. difference between success and failure in your life. You know, one of the things I'm really curious about, Vince, you know, the, this idea about chasing the insights. Talk to me not only about what the podcast is and what that means, but as a whole, what kind of role does that play into your life? If you need help with pain or anxiety, let me tell you about one of my favorite tools. It's NW Recovery CBD Oil. You may know that, and I've mentioned this before, I have chronic pain and massive anxiety, and CBD oil has been such a profound tool in my journey. Recently, NW Recovery came out with their key lime-flavored CBD oil that is non-psychotropic. It is non-psychoactive. And for a person like me who has a panic attack, if I touch THC, this is the perfect combination of delicious key lime and CBD, something I literally do not leave home without. For more information, you can go to nw-recovery.com and use the keyword unbroken to save 20% on your first order. Again, go to nw-recovery.com, keyword unbroken, and have CBD change your life. Uh, man, this plays a big one. Um, so this came through early on in my career. So a lot of the startups I was creating, uh, one of the things I realized is that we, we come at it with this mentality. We come at it with this, with this try or fail. Uh, so either succeed or fail rather. So you come at these things and I was um, you know early on trying to build this business and it was like, right, okay, I need to test something. So I went out there, I would need to validate this thing. So I went out and I thought, I'm going to validate this idea of this business we're building. I'm going to grab a clipboard. I'm going to grab a pen, going to go on the street and I'm going to get feedback from people. And that was scary because what if they don't agree with me that this is going to be a brilliant, brilliant idea. Um, I soon discovered, by the way, that when you grab a clipboard and go out in the street and try and interact with people, they think you're a crazy street preacher or or you're asking for money. So I, I learned some new colorful swear words. That was fun. Um, but nobody really responded to me. But I finally figured out I, I ended up hacking a coffee line. So I went into a cafe and started saying to people, I'll buy you a cup of coffee if you give me some feedback. So I was getting all this feedback around it. And one of the things I realized is when we come at things like that, when we come at life, when we come at business, we come with our own bias. We come with our own cognitive bias, which is we're looking to try and prove that we're right. We're looking to try and prove that we uh, we know what we're doing. And that's how I was approaching this originally. I was looking at going, hey, I've got this great idea. Do you agree it's a great idea? Rather than actually getting them to be truthful and open with me, telling stories, all those kind of things. So I started realizing that I was looking at this wrong. I was looking at this as I'm going to try something and it's either going to succeed or I'm going to be a failure. Instead, I had to reframe that in my mind and go, I'm going to try something and I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to try something and it'll either succeed and prove my hypotheses, or it's going to disprove my hypothesis, and therefore I am now going to have learned something major from it. I'm going to gain more insights. So I started trying to bring that into my own life. And then I started every time I built a team, I was like, right, we're going to try experimentation. We're going to try new things. We're going to try all these different things to push the needle for our business or push the needle for what it was we're building. And in doing so, I had to change their mentality and say, okay, guys, it's not about chasing the wins. It's not about chasing the success. It's about chasing the insights. When you approach this and go, everything I try is going to be a learning experience for me. Everything I try is going to add value to me. That, that helps you to basically take that leap that you talked about before, Michael. 
It helps you to actually press in and go, you know what? I've got this because on the other side of this is either success or success. It's success or it's learning. So that became the framework that I kind of started creating through my businesses and that. And then for me, I realized that transcended so much more about life than it was just about entrepreneurship. And the biggest example of me goes all the way back to that age 11, because as well as having this inspirational teacher, as well as having this teacher that really believed in me, I had something else at that school that I hadn't encountered before, or certainly hadn't encountered in the school environment. You see, growing up in a home where you have a bully, where you have somebody who just oppresses you and makes you feel like you, you don't have any value, I still had school as my safe space. But age 11, I go into this class and I suddenly found I had a bully at school. And I was like, well, now I have no safe space at all. Now I've got nowhere. Basically, everywhere I am, I'm constantly anxious. I'm constantly in fear. So that was not healthy for me mentally. Obviously, it wasn't healthy for me at all. But anyway, so for two years, this guy made my life an absolute hell. Then we got to age uh, 12. We're about to go off to high school, uh, off to college. And uh, he went to a different one to me. So I was like, oh, man, I am free. This is the best day of my life. I no longer have this bully. This is going to be glorious. And we just got, I had a few kind of minor bullies, but none to the extent that he had tormented me for those two years. Um, so I went off to my college and I'm like, right. Now, when I got to college, I made a decision at that point. I'm sick of, again, being a victim. I'm sick of people taking advantage of me. So I learned to fight. And I learned that through learning martial arts. I did Thai boxing. I did boxing. I did Kung Fu. Uh, and I threw myself into those. I was like, if I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to do this hardcore. So I was training every single day uh, from 13 till probably 17. And, and I, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't be in an action movie. But, you know, I was like, I could defend myself if I need to. But then came the glorious moment because I found out that this bully that I had had, you know, many years ago at this intermediate school, he was being transferred to my school. Now, I'm an avid movie watcher. I've seen every 80s movie, every John Hughes movie. I've seen Revenge of the Nerds. I know this narrative. I'm like, I know what's going to happen there. This is going to be glorious. This is the moment where the 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 victim, the moment where the, the oppressed one comes out on top. The underdog finally wins and the, the bully finally gets his comeuppance. I'm like, this is going to be a glorious moment, man. So he transferred to my school and I saw him walk past and I'm like, ha here we go. So I yelled his name and I yelled some expletives and he turned around as he always did and he took some swings at me. But this time it was different. Instead of taking swings and them connecting, I just moved out of the way. I'm like, nah, nope, nope. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. It was all building up inside me. I'm like, here it comes, here it comes. He finally took this other swing at me and I'm like, no, bam, I laid him out. I'm not a violent person at all, but I was like, this has been building up in me for so long. And he went down like a light. He was out cold. And I thought this is going to be glorious, except I felt terrible i was like this is not what i pictured this would turn out like and then i found myself in the principal's office as you do when you fight at school and the principal uh, pulled me aside and he said look do you know why he got transferred to the school and i said look I've got, I've got no idea i've got no idea i don't care you know i was a 17 year old i was trying to be staunch i'm like uh, whatever and he goes well you should care and he said because this boy and his sister and his mother had been brutally abused by their father since he was a toddler in fact, the, the father had beaten them so badly that his mother actually passed away in front of him and his, his sister. In other words, the dad murdered the mum in front of the two of them. Now, the dad went off to jail, and the, the two kids were put in the custody of an auntie and uncle who lived near our school, and that's why they got transferred to our school. And I, was, I, I remember the sinking feeling in my stomach, and I said, well, I didn't know that. And he goes, I wouldn't expect you did. He goes, but of all the people that could possibly have understood what he was going through, of all the people that could possibly have been there for him, I would have thought you would have been the one. 
And that was a moment that hit me like a brick, Michael, because two, I learned two things in that moment. One, I learned I wasn't the hero of that story. I was the villain, right? I built up all these 80s movies. By the way, 80s movies lie to you, okay? Any of those movies where the underdog comes out on top, they are absolute rubbish, right? <laughs> Violence solves nothing. Um, trust me on that one. Um, but the other thing I learned there is I had no idea this man's story. I had no idea why he reacted the way that he did. I had no idea why he behaved and why he took that out on me. But by learning that, I would have had the opportunity to be there for him. I had the opportunity to empathize with him, to say, hey, I've gone through the same man. You doesn't have to end the way that you think it has to end. Now, it may not have helped him, but it may have. And that's when I learned you have to get insanely curious about everybody. You have to understand. And that's what drove me on the journey towards um, being what, doing what I do now. Of, and marketing itself is just understanding people's behavior, understanding their minds. But you have to be inherently curious. You have to look for insights. You have to look for all those little points that give you the indicator of what's going on in that person's life. Oh, it's one of the things I taught my kids when we were walking down the street. I would teach them about this. In fact, one of my proudest moments as a parent, man, like, I, I know you're not supposed to have favorite kids. Uh, both of my kids are my favorite. I'm just saying that out loud now in case they're listening to this. Um, but, but I remember when my daughter was at, at um, she was at, it would have been, it wasn't college, uh, or primary school. She would have been around 10, just before 10. And she was hanging out with a group of girls that were typical girls of that age. They all come with their own baggage and their own insecurity. And what had happened, there was a scenario that happened. It was right outside the principal's office. And the principal called us into the school. And we're like, honestly, man, my daughter was such a goody two-shoes. We told her that, uh, like, we're not going to celebrate every time you get, you know, top of the class and that anymore because it's getting boring. Like, just do something naughty. Do something mischievous. Get detention. Then we'll celebrate. We'll take you out for dinner. We we're half joking with her, but we kind of secretly were hoping she did something naughty. Um, and then the principal called us in and said, I need to tell you about something that happened. We're like, oh, oh, she's done something wrong. They were like, oh, what did she do? But what had happened was the, teacher, the principal witnessed this entire scenario. So my daughter was there with a bunch of other girls. And there was one girl there that was um, slightly overweight, right? And my, daughter, the, my daughter's friends were there and they were all chatting away. And one of them turned around and said, oh, we're going to go and play some sporty game. I can't remember what it was, like netball or something. We're going to go and play netball. But obviously you can't play that because you won't be able to keep up with us. And my daughter just saw the look on this other girl's face, this, this look of rejection, of, of just being judged, of, you know, like shame and everything. And my daughter, and my daughter just went, no. And she walked in front of the girl, put her behind her to protect her. And she turned around and she spoke directly to her friend, her best friend, who said this. And she goes, I'm, I'm thinking I should probably change the names here. Um, call her Jane. <laughs> she goes, Jane, look, this person is my friend as much as your friend, as much as all of our friend. Right, I'm, and, and I don't like the way that you talk to her. And I know the only reason you're doing that is because you're worried if we spend time with her, we're not going to spend time with you. But you need to understand you're as much of a friend as well, and we value you. And then she turned to the person next to her, and she said, you're only reacting like this because you want to be included. You think if you speak out against this, even though you know that that was horrible what just happened, you know if you speak out against that, you're going to get rejected and you're worried about that, but you don't have to be worried. We accept you who you are. Then she spoke to every individual in there around their motivation as to why they were picking on this one individual. Then she turned around. She said, look, guys, I love you all, right? But right now I'm going to go and play with her. And when you guys are ready, come and apologize to her. We can hug it out and then we can all play together. And next thing you know, there was this you know, crying and group hugs and all this kind of thing. It was an incredibly beautiful moment. I'm sitting there in this principal's office thinking to myself, hold it together, man. And they realize I'm dripping tears everywhere. I'm like, okay, I'm not holding it together at all. Um, it was such a proud parent moment to know that she, 
she not only stood up for this girl, but she understood the motivation of everybody there. She didn't do the stupid thing that I did at college and, and lash out at that particular person for their behavior. She understood the motivations behind it. She understood the insights that she was gaining from their interactions. And she just went, I'm going to speak to that and I'm going to bring you all together. So, oh, she's a far better human being than I am, man. <laughs> That's a, an amazing story, Vince. And there, I mean, there's so much you can take away from that. And, you know, the thing that comes to, to my mind is, you know, I used to be of the persuasion of the best way to make a bully stop bullying you is to punch you in the face. And it might actually be just give them a hug. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And and the reality is, and, and I love this idea of chasing the insights because you just don't know. It's the old adage, like, don't judge someone until you walk a mile in their shoes. And, yeah. you know, I'm always, I think we're all guilty of this. So I, you know, I right. don't want to pass judgment here. I'm always just trying to be better about don't judge that person. You have no idea, you know, and like, even though my life was like really disastrous growing <laughs> up there, whether theirs was worse or not has nothing to do with the fact that it has nothing to do with me. And yeah. so the, the best thing is to to live this life with compassion, with vulnerability, with hope, and yeah, just man. try to leave a better impact on the world than what you came into. And and that's such a big driver for me. And obviously, you've impacted that in your kids and your lineage, and that'll live far beyond you. And that's a really beautiful yeah. moment. Uh, Vince, my friend, before I ask you my last question, can you tell everyone where they can find you? Oh, man, I made this super easy, Michael. Um, just go to chasingtheinsights.com. It's the home of my podcast. I have amazing guests on there, including Michael. Um, but, but also, uh, it's where you'll find my books. You'll find links to me on social. And look, reach out to me on social. Connect with me. Um, unless you're a spammer. I don't really like spammers too much. But if you just really want to get to know someone, have a conversation, I'm always available there. Uh, and if you, are, if you are an entrepreneur, I know there'll be some in the audience here, and you really are struggling with marketing, there's also a link on there to book a free call with me totally encourage you to do that um i give you a free strategy call where i'll give you clarity on any issue that you're really really struggling with the marketing brilliant vince my friend my last question for you is what does it mean to you to be unbroken to be unbroken wow this is such a profound question man i love this um so <laughs> to be unbroken to me um it's not necessarily about not having scars, not having broken bits, essentially. It's not being bound by that. And what I mean by that, it's actually truly understanding who you are, because in that is so much freedom. It's understanding that you're flawed, that, you know, I, I, I like the person that I am. I like the person that I am. I've always been told I'm too nice. I've always been told all these negative aspects of that. And I went, real, I realized one day, these are not weaknesses. These are superpowers, because this is how I want people to turn up for me. Right. So, and I realized that that's not for everyone. I realized that I have downsides. I suffer from depression. I suffer from anxiety. I realized there are days where I don't want to get out of bed. I realized there are, are things that I do that irritate other people. But by owning all of this, by realizing, hey, Vince, you're a giant nerd, right? You're a Star Wars fanboy. You love everything Marvel, Marvel. You're a comic book nerd. You're just owning who you are. By owning all of that, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything means you are unbroken because you are unfettered. There is nothing that is holding you down, right? Being unbroken is not about uh, being completely whole. It's about not being held down. I love that. Very well said, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. Unbroken Nation, thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, leave a review, tell a friend. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see you. Unbroken Nation, hope that you just got a tremendous amount of value from today's episode. I want to know 
what you think. Please do me a favor and review, rate, and share the episode with three friends on social media today. It would mean the world if you did, because ultimately at the end of the day, creating community and connection is how we heal generational trauma in the world. And I need your help to do that Unbroken Nation. So if you're on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you are, please like, comment, share, review. I want to know not only what you like about the show, but how I can make the show better, how I can make this further about helping you on your healing journey. So do me a favor. And when you do shoot me a screenshot of you making the review to my DM at Michael Unbroken on Instagram so that I can have a conversation with you, say hi, and more importantly, so I can share it with the Unbroken Nation. Thank you so much, my friend. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a wait list for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.